Welcome back. Go. Go. Thanks. Welcome back to you as well. <laughs> so, what have you been up to this week, Johnny? Oh, that was a, a warm potato. We didn't discuss talking about that in the script that we're reading. Um, what have I been up to? Not much, really. Um, you know what? Actually, funnily enough, do you know what I just did? What? I opened up my calendar. Oh, well. To see what I've been doing. Well, it... <laughs> I'll tell you why that's interesting, guys. <laughs> because we so are interesting. preparing for the great debate at the end great of this episode. Debate. Of should you use your calendar as a to-do list? Because if you, looked at, if you looked at Yusuf's calendar last week, it would be empty, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? That's not correct <laughs> it really? was stressful just overlapping stuff. no no but it, no if you, if you looked right now at last monday oh if you look yeah if today you look at my last week it's mm. empty yeah yeah that's not yeah. i wasn't just like having a go at you and saying that you just doesn't do anything <laughs> no like if you were to try and get a retro so like i look at my calendar for last week of like well, what did i do last week because those things that i did like the events that happened will be on my calendar because they happened in the past. T to be honest, I'd love the idea of doing nothing. I would, but I would schedule it in as an event called nothing. But we can... I also think you would do something in that time, wouldn't you? You could argue it's impossible to do nothing. <laughs> but knowing you, like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine you thinking like, ooh, I'm going to get like a packet of hobnobs and watch a box set. <laughs> Yeah, it would, like you it's would get, so... you would download a game on your phone or something, wouldn't you, and play that while listening to an audiobook at three times speed, just to mm -hmm. scratch the itch of productivity somehow. Yeah, exactly. You know me too well. Yeah. So we try and start these episodes with a bit of a catch up, but actually, since we both went on holiday last week, well, or the week before, this week has just been quite boring because we've just been catching up on admin so well let's let's catch up on that how do you find the week after as as an online fitness coach how do you find the week after getting back from holiday because i think a lot of people have that as like a oh i'm gonna get back to work and my emails and monday work like how do you how do you feel about going back to work after holiday and how, what is a holiday like as a coach so the the way that that my life is set up particularly is that it's 10 pancakes a day so you just you have to eat 10 pancakes a day and if you if you don't on a certain day that's okay just tomorrow you've just got to eat 20 pancakes or you can be extra good and eat 20 pancakes today so that tomorrow you don't have to eat any pancakes as an online coach you've obviously also got so that for that i'm talking about creating content or doing stuff that's long tail you do also have to respond to client check-ins and that's just you will get a delivery of 30 pancakes every friday and you've got to eat them by saturday so <laughs> you can't sometimes you can say oh like just this week please can we have some of those pancakes on the thursday because i've got a thing to do on friday the, i i feel like you maybe don't ever have this problem but there'll be someone listening where this 
completely hits bullseye for them. So you, you order a Domino's pizza takeaway or Pizza Hut and you're starving. So you think, and you're looking through the menu and you chat, like one person's ordering on the phone, go like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And you go, and someone goes, uh, order me some chicken nuggets as well. And people go like, you won't eat them, man. You won't eat them. And you go, I will. I will eat them. I will. And you're like, you won't eat them. You won't eat them. You never do. You're like, I will. This time I will. And so... <laughs> That is so familiar. Good, yeah. And so the pizza arrives and you're starving and someone's ordered a garlic bread. And you're like, oh, I can have a little bit of garlic bread. You have a little bit of garlic bread. And then you struggle to finish your pizza and you never t- touch chicken nuggets. <laughs> the chicken nuggets are like the 10 client check-ins that come in on a Friday when you weren't necessarily... It's the it's when Domino's give you the chicken nuggets as a free bonus and you're like, oh, sh- well, I've got to eat them. Can't not eat them. They were free. And they're going to go off as well. Like they're not going to keep, are they? Like you can't really keep chicken nuggets to go a bit minging. Well, there's the social cost because if if you don't eat the chicken nuggets, your mate who paid for the pizza is going to be like, mate, I spent an extra six pound fifty on them, and you're not even touched them. There's a lesson in there somewhere, and the lesson can be whatever you want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) It's what Naval Ravikant described as. He said, "In the future." your calendar is totally empty because you know it's in th- six months time you, you you haven't put anything in your calendar and so you assume that you're not going to be doing anything in that time and you're like oh this future me is so vibrant and enthusiastic and well up for all kinds of new adventures and doesn't have anything on his timeline and and then you get to that time you see all these things that you've booked in and you're like oh thanks past no, me thanks past me yeah so tyler did it's everyone's own Tyler's Eden, isn't it? The you in six months' time. So much time, money, headspace, free in the ways in which you want. And then it <laughs> and then it hits and you're like, shit. Tyler's Eden's just in, in my imagination. Oh, playing polo or going for goat yoga. Yeah, I'd, I'd be well up for that. It might, that sounds great. My new me in July will be <laughs> so keen for that. But anyway, so, sorry, I interrupted you. You said my, my life is set up. Do you see how that happens? Because you were about to go on to the first thing we're going to talk about and we never actually answered the question, which is, what is, it, <laughs> what is it like coming back from holiday <laughs> as a coach? And you said, my life is eating 10 pancakes a day. Oh, but yeah. I went on holiday. So I think our transition there was so seamless that even people listening would have no forgotten to notice. It'd be like a Darren <laughs> Brown show. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end he goes no remember when we talked about the pancakes and I'm like, oh but I'm, so, I'm the annoying kid that goes it's in your pocket it's in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> so, so the 10 pancakes a day when you're on holiday especially when you're self-employed you've just got to try and eat like one or two extra pancakes each day the week leading up to your holiday mm. and then you you're kind of accumulating pancake debt as you're on the holiday and then when you get back hopefully you just lean straight launch straight back into 10 a day if you've misjudged it you might have more to eat when you get back and that's why i think it's a good life hack if you're coming back i mean it's probably more for nine to five monday to friday type jobs to return on your holiday on a saturday rather than a sunday night because there's nothing worse than like arriving you've got your bag there you haven't quite fully unpacked and then boom pancakes 6 a.m you're up for work the next day i'm falling I through caveat something here that you, you're making it sound horrendous <laughs> but 
what you're at in well, this pancakes game, are all right if we expand this analogy the pancakes like you're eating the pancakes because the rest of the house is in order like all <laughs> yeah all the all the other systems and everything else that that keep that make sure like the heating bill doesn't overrun the alarm system set the you know all of the like the maslow's hierarchy of needs are sorted and all you get to do is eat pancakes so when you're saying like i need to eat pancakes actually what you mean is you love eating pancakes that's all you would do and you've set yourself this ambitious target of like this year i want to eat this many pancakes i want to eat so many pancakes and <laughs> to try and achieve that is challenging is that fair to say yeah it, that, that is true and i think it's the target it's the daily target that can cause the suffering because mm. like it, well it's it's this you know it's a perfect analogy because eating 10 pancakes is nice in a day and the problem only ever arises if you miss a day yeah or if you, well, you, have to give, you have to give up on the idea of eating that many pancakes don't you suddenly you're not going to hit your early target of eating that many pancakes because I yeah. think what, what both of us struggle with on holiday, I was talking about this with a uh, someone nearly today, saying like, when you go on holiday, and like both of us get this from like a girlfriend, friends, family, say like, stop working, stop working. But it would be weird if they were like, let's say you, you like, you're on holiday and you're reading a, a fiction book and you're like sat in the hotel room reading a fiction book and having the biscuits that they put in the hotel room and just relaxing. And they, they come out of the toilet and go like, oh, stop enjoying yourself. Stop enjoying. You should be thinking about work. You should be thinking about work. That would be weird. But That's so you, true. You and I just find it enjoyable to sit and work and like work on projects and push things forward. But because what other, what, what other people think of work as, they think, well, Yusuf's working. That's a bad thing. Yusuf shouldn't be working, even though that's all Yusuf wants to do because he's otherwise going to have all these pancakes when he gets home. It's the project that we've that we've built and love. Like it's yeah. it's something that is actually you know, and yeah, it, you're right. It's it's enriching. You we, like you wake up and you're like, I get to work on this mm. amazing project. And certainly, when I was in hospital, it was all I was all I was thinking about was propane, which was bad for the patients probably. But <laughs> you know, you're you're in hospital and you're like, oh. Doris with your constipation and like can you just sort yourself out because I've I've got a bunch of emails I want to respond to I've, I've got this video I want to make or so yeah that's what happens so I think the lesson is just don't go on holiday really well the, just the make every day a holiday like I've I've read fiction books because people have told me <laughs> to I've asked you to and I see it more as work than if I was reading a non-fiction book that's going to improve my life i'd enjoy the non-fiction book more like if you if i gave you a book about growing a youtube channel you'd devour it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> if i gave you a book about like uh, a wizard that lived in a in the mountains and you know and there was all this like big story and there was like it was like 10 10 books in the and <laughs> honestly internally i'm like oh god like that's so go. long yeah yeah so i think it's, it's it's why actually i think giving like gifting a book to someone is a real burden like it's not a i don't know if it's a gift because it's like oh there's a 10-hour commitment for you off you go i don't feel the same way about being told like go watch a tv series because that's like it's a record you can't really give that to someone that's not people don't like give dvd box sets these days it's like a passive recommendation. I know it's still 
I know that you make a list of everything that gets recommended with with the name in brackets, so there's consequences if it's terrible. But <laughs> so I can hunt but, them down. Yeah, you can at least. I think it's easier to cut that short, isn't it? Like you can watch an episode and go, "It's not really for me." Whereas a book, like, there's never really a, an obvious. There's not an obvious point to put it down. Really harder to do that. Yeah, I mean, we we could go into reading technique and how you how you should approach books more like magazines or pick and mix and not start at the beginning and you know think that you have to complete it because yeah we all have this cultural thing that once you open a book you have to read it to completion even if it's terrible and it's very hard to get out of the mindset of just treating them a bit more like tapas but uh we've got a couple of episodes about that put the book down and do some proper work (laughs) as well (laughs) yeah yeah so, on that note, here we have... So these transitions are always so seamless, aren't they? So smooth. You know, exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> Speaking of which... Speaking of which, this is a man called Robert Forsterman. <laughs> if you don't know who he is, he's a speed cyclist for the Olympics. Look at the size of his legs. That is a 200 kilogram split squat that he's doing just makes you feel like a little willy that looks like a really good thing to elevate your rear foot on doesn't it yeah I was thinking that like I'd love one of them is that like a rolling does that roll it must be designed like can slide I mean because that's one of the big ball aches of split squats isn't it like what do you put your rear foot in well yeah or on so we tried TRX and it it's pretty unsafe. So that, you know, we were talking about these the other day. That is exactly how I do split squats. I just use much less weight. That's the key thing. You, you just don't do it with 200 kilograms. Yeah. So honestly, I, so I do that exact, exact movement in the exact same way. My squat at the moment will be like a one RM would be like two, four, five, two fifty kilos. My max I'll do like 50 to 60 kilo split squat for a set of 10. And it is a, it is a legit RPE eight or nine, but really hard 60 kilos to, to imagine what 200 kilos. And you're a man with a 260 squat. (laughs) This will look great on the replay because as you were finding that, I I literally just said exactly what my squat was. Didn't you? Oh, I was just in the hole. Yusuf just doesn't listen. It just doesn't listen. It'll be like two, four, five, two fifty at the moment. Okay. So like uh, within a week. So like with literally within a week or one another, it'll be I'll have done a two forty squat and then sixty kilos for ten split squat. Now it could just be that my split squat's terrible. That's more than likely. But it's more the question I want the answer to is what does this man do when he is using both legs? Yeah, true. Well, here he is on it. On it. Ergometer, ergometer, with three hundred kilogram resistance. Has he broken the chain? I think so. There's one where he does a a sprint cycle on a exercise bike, and it's looks like it's about to break. He looks like he's in like in generally in like really good shape as well. Like he's not just got big legs. Oh, here we go. So that is that's not sped up. 275 RPM. 
With stuff like that, though, it's difficult. I mean, I'm sure that's extremely impressive, but neither of us have got a baseline to compare it to. On a similar note, I discovered this the other day. So Rogue Fitness held a competition for how long can you hang for? Right. And this guy did it for one hour and 20 seconds. I honestly, I think I'd struggle to do two minutes. Yeah. Just set right. the timer. Must have been a really unpleasant hour. Yeah. Well, especially the last couple, like, because it's hard in two minutes towards the end. But the question is, like, when does the pain kick in, kick in for him? Like, what percentage of the time is he in, like, ridiculous levels of pain just fighting through it? Or is it just easy the whole time? I mean, I felt it right in my medial epicondyles just watching that. <laughs> the, um, so that, that kind of ties into what I was going to say about the cyclist guy. Like, there must be... There's a, there's a level with all of this stuff where actually the cyclist would be better off being lighter. Like you'd be better off having smaller legs and being lighter and would therefore go faster. And in, in the same with like hanging, it's this balance of like, do I work on my forearm strength and like build my upper body or am I best just being as light as I can be and it being easy to, to hold my body weight? Depends on the constraints or the parameters of the rest of the sport isn't it so like when marius pajanovsky smashed the um was it the 100 meter row uh like power out uh, you mean um brian shaw was it five it was 500 meters and it was brian shaw oh, i think marius gave it a go as well but uh, but perhaps. yeah um great but put brian shaw in a in a little boat with some little men and <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was there was a I was in Dublin, I think I told you about this, walking through like, um, I can't remember the name of it, Trinity Square or something. There's a really famous square in Dublin where like all the bars are and everyone's really jovial. And there was a guy who had set up this stand, which, which was just exactly like that. So it's like a pull-up bar. It's like a, a, an external pull-up bar that isn't attached to anything else, like a piece of a rig. Oh, I've the, done one of them. It's a scam. Well, or is it though? Why is it a scam? Because it's an axle, isn't it? So it rotates. But so is a barbell. True. <laughs> that is true. But, so it, yeah. it, it's like, I think if you hang for 100 seconds, you get 100 euros or pounds or dollars or whatever the currency is. Um, and you have to pay te a tenner to take part. And so there's, all, there's this queue of people and everyone's doing it and getting like... 20 seconds 30 seconds like some people get towards a minute and you look at it and you think a hundred like surely i'll be able to do that like if you spend any amount of time in the gym you think well my grip strength's good enough for me to like if, if everything's if it all comes down to it if i'm going to win a hundred quid i'll be able to hold myself for a hundred seconds but as you say it spins so the reason why people use hook grip the reason why people use mixed grip on deadlift is if you just try and do a double overhand deadlift the bar will spin away from you and it's you can't hold on to it so people use a mixed grip to counter that spin so i tried to do a mixed grip when i when the guy went up and was like oh you can't do it that's one i'm like oh um, mm. and allow it so that uh, and he also wouldn't allow a hook grip so that side of it is a bit scammy but mm. there are still people who do it well there are so this video i've uh, this wasn't even prepared i've just 
have a, a bank of all the things I've procrastinated on. So this is a guy who's about to win the £100. Obviously trains. And the guy running the store really doesn't want to give him the £100. What's he doing? Are you trying to pull him down? Yeah. And then like gets aggressive with him. That's horrendous. I think when he realises he's not enjoying the tickling. That's horrendous. That's one of the worst videos I've ever seen. That's really upset me, that. Yeah, it's it's such a, like, that's really unfair. But also, yeah. I would argue that they should, he should have let him win for the sake of his marketing. Yeah. Because if they see, oh, well, he did it. Suddenly I'll a whole queue of people would disappear, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, you've just completely turned away everyone who's watching. Because, like, for a period of time, I considered... I, I like I looked at like if I could get one on Osborne Road in Newcastle when all the students are around in September, oh, pay someone yeah. minimum wage to man it, and charge te- so it, it's a hundred seconds and it's never going to be a hundred seconds. So let's say it's ten pounds a minute to operate it with let's say another minute of transition time, and you can have two of them side by side so people can compete against each other. I reckon oh. it's over a million in turnover a year. That's a- just operating that. The, the, the trouble is, so I would also want a contact. So you don't, you, you absolutely do not want the person earning minimum wage dealing with cash in hand. Firstly, it's an admin nightmare. Secondly, they'll just run away with the money. So you want two contactless terminals that people pay with their phone or pay with their card. And then the, then you got the downside of the transaction fee, but that's by the by because it's £10 a minute. So do you know who the guy who popularized? So I was listening to a Charlie Munger lecture the other day who, for people listening, he is the business partner of Warren Buffett. Very, very smart man, like total unit. And he was talking about this guy who ran a corner shop and he had his staff running it and it was all cash and he was always running a loss and he was imminently going to have to close down the shop. And then he got approached by someone selling the cash register to him and it was the first time they'd implemented it. And he was like, okay, I'll give it a go. Instantly started running a profit as soon as he got the cash register and it was because the staff were just pocketing the money. So instantly, right. as soon as it's accountability, and, and so he, he closed up the shop and went into the cash register business, <laughs> which <laughs> which he would. He'd be like, oh my God, this has such an impact yep. on my shop. This is the solution. That's crazy. So that's very that's very wise, very astute of you, Johnny, to say I would get just a well, payment term. Because if I'm paying you whatever the wherever you set it up whenever you set it up if i'm paying you minimum wage then and you think well hang on like i'm getting 10 pounds a minute here <laughs> in my hands if i pocket like because it's, it's very hard to keep a digital record of how many people did the the hang test mm. right because otherwise you need like pressure sensors on the unit and then you're adding cost. So the easiest way of doing it is just pay one off one time. And you ideally you'd want it built into the unit. So there's like a metal stand and a metal platform with the pull-up bar on it. And then there's a, a post with the like eye zettle um, 
contactless terminal and you just and then you franchise it and you just send them all around the country yeah makes sense that's what propane yeah. is going to become so watch out for propane bar competition <laughs> franchise limited it's just it is the perfect thing for like freshers week isn't it you know loads of like 18 year old 18, oh, 18 year old yeah exactly yeah. I'm hung up there for... and like you can you can take a hit like you can take a few people doing it a night and it's still insanely profitable well, you want people to occasionally win. So you want it to be like the top 10% of strength can do it. Mm. As long as they're only allowed to do it once a day. Well, you could maybe like have a tiered pricing system. So like you pay 15 quid and you can use chalk. You pay 20 quid and you can use hook grip. Oh, you'd have to really run the numbers there. I mean, if there's anyone who can run those numbers, it's you. Well, so I just, I don't think that many people can do hook grip. I don't think that many people who can do hook grip can maintain, would be able to hold their body weight for 90 minutes, uh, 100 seconds. The one that would have to come at a huge premium would be mixed grip. So like you can do mixed grip, but it's 80 quid. So it's a 20 pound uplift. <laughs> Imagine. Trouble is if, if everybody uses mixed grip, you'd be running at a 20 pound loss per person. <laughs> but you've got to you've also got to bear you've got to hope that not everybody who does mixed grip can do 90 seconds this is I a problem instantly the people who win this it. people like James Duff James Duff if you're listening if you're listening get yourself to Dublin he's got like a 280 deadlift at 74 kilos if there's a man who can hold his body weight on a spinning bar <laughs> it's, it's probably James him Duff. It? yeah <laughs> anyway Anyway, have we sufficiently we, reacted? I think so. Let us know what you guys think about Rob Forsterman. I mean, he's it's got a big split squad, hasn't he? That's really, that's the top and bottom of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle to believe that he's natural. Just looking at, looking at the that. Th the thickness. What do you Such think your 1RM split squad is done in that manner? I've never tried. I've never gone come even close, but I reckon uh, it'll be like it'll be under 120, maybe it, 90, 100, and it'll be a proper face busting max. Proper teaser, yeah. So I think my estimated 1RM from the sets that I do, excuse me, is about 100 kilos. Because it's not just half your squat, is it? It's no. a lot more complicated yeah because you, your knees you know, <laughs> on the way down like i think because i have the the occasional rep where i will lose my balance and it's horrendous mm. so I, I have to do it in like a power rack in case i dip either side but i think the uplift in difficulty from even like 50 kilos to 60 kilos and 60 to 70 it doesn't feel like a 10 kilo jump it feels like a 40 kilo 50 kilo jump on a normal squat because it's all yeah. go it's there's so much balance involved and stabilization involved in it it so is credit, nasty credit to um i should say beck on team propane has given us a fantastic tip for split squats which i recommend that you try out uh, not not just you johnny but you plural you as is, in them <laughs> so rather than doing them with two dumbbells just do it with one heavier dumbbell in the opposite hand to the foot that's forward. So left foot forward, hold the dumbbell in your right hand. And with your left hand, hold on to a rack or something to stabilize yourself. Uh -huh. And it's, yeah, it's just great for really 
mind and muscle connection. You get a proper, proper burny ass because you're not worrying so much about trying to like wobble left and right. You can just really go, and you can add the sound effects as well. The classic David Lloyd sound effects of sa, sa. <laughs> sevens. Sets of seven. Yeah. Always sets of seven. I actually did split squats on Friday and my bum is still sore. It's presently Monday. Same. It always happens with split squats. Several imagine days if worth. If it was 200 kilos, imagine. Because he was doing multiple reps as well. It wasn't a show off one rep thing. Yeah. And it, it wasn't just... like a wobbly, shaky 200 kilos. Was it? it looked fairly comfortable. It, it looked like he, he maybe even done multiple sets at that weight. Who looking crazy? So, Johnny, yes, would you rather? This is a benign one. I think you'll like it. Would you rather have a five-minute three-course dinner or a five-hour five-course dinner? Interesting. So, Becca and I actually quite like tasting menus. You ever had a tasting menu? Yes, in Budapest. Very nice. Ah. Where you get it's just a moose bouche and then like a little bit of little, rabbit. Little with teeny tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, there's lots of like different flavors and colors. And it, it's it's a more of an experience, but it's you wouldn't want it as part of like a normal day. Like if you had a lot on, <laughs> you don't want to have a tasting menu for lunch. <laughs> it's like it's it's the... It's, it, it turns going for a meal for an experience. And I think if anything, like if you're going to go for food, I mean, they're, they're more expensive, obviously, but if you are going to go out for dinner, you know, people say like, oh, don't go out for dinner for something you could make at home. Like this is the furthest away from something you can make at home as, as you could possibly get. Like it, it's, it's, it's often like a, a really trained chef in like in fine dining. And so... It's a very difficult would you rather because the answer is yes <laughs> to both. Like yes, I would, I would. I'll have both of them, just different times, please. Yeah. Well, the, what was the other one? Three, three course, three course, three dinner, course, maybe. five minute, or yeah. five course, five hours. Is it because even for a tasting menu, five course, five five hours is too long? Like, it, I mean, that spans multiple meals for me. I don't know about you, but... Five hours, yeah. Definitely. On five hours, I would have had two meals. Yeah. I th I would back myself on the, the five minutes, but it would be... It would depend on the volume of food and it would be a test. And if it's in sandwich form or not. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I can eat anything quickly. I think it, it's so common where I go for food with people and... I, I will finish eating and I've eaten a, it's an RP six for me. In fact, it, it's not even, not even an RP, like it's a warm up. Like I wouldn't even rate the set and people go like, God, Johnny, you ate quickly. And I'm like, what's the, yeah. what's the technique? Like, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but like if I, if you were to coach me to improve my eating speed, what would you tell me? <laughs> I don't think I'm in a position to coach because it's, it is honestly like, I don't know the answer because I... You're the guy who had 16-inch arms before we started training. Yeah, so, I'm, yeah. I'm the guy with a 100-kilo bench at 16. Right. Like, not it, not literally. This is an analogy. No, no, yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, like, you don't want to learn from those people. You want to learn from the person who's just hit a 180 bench at 49 after training since they were 18. 
and couldn't that bench the bar when they first that tried. That a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> but because I feel like I can't increase my eating speed if I tried. So, and I don't know if it's the amount I'm taking per bite. I don't know if I'm chewing too much. I don't know if... I think it's like, a mindset problem. Interesting. Well, that's that's what you would say. <laughs> totally unprovable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think... Uh, like I, I like food which helps um i'm often very hungry which also helps uh but i don't feel any restriction like this is the thing like i i very rarely eat quickly as far as i'm concerned like it doesn't feel like i'm eating quickly so okay i've got another question for you then if you so you said that was an rpe6 when you tend to if that be quite fast mm. if someone said right you need to go to a 10 and now you need to try and hit a PB, what would you do differently? Just eat faster. <sighs> That's like saying I'd just lift harder. Like This is what I mean. And I know it's, I am capable of doing it because sometimes it's often... Like would you take more honest. frequent bites? Would you try and stuff your mouth more full? Both. So you just you turn up everything? It's, it's, the, it's the gun to the head question, isn't it? Like if someone gun to your head said you have got to eat that in 30 seconds what would you do you would do both of the things you've just described you would you would throw it in your mouth and you would try and consume it as quickly as you could and when i do that i get a faster outcome than when you do that that's it i'm i'm just not 100 percent sure that that's because if you try turning everything up like you get to the point where you've got your mouth is so full that you can't chew so you're restricting other parts of the eating process so it could be that maybe like spooning in faster is the thing to do or chewing faster but not holding everything else stable i think this so this is like bottlenecked if i this is like me saying like i'm going to throw you a ball i want you to catch it and you trying to deconstruct the steps in catching it when ultimately like there's a very intuitive reaction to catching a ball there's a very intuitive way to eat food so i think you i know what you mean you're saying like if your mouth is overfilled then like you can't swallow for a while so you swallow swallowing then becomes the bottleneck and it's not so throughput then the drops. yeah well it's, it's all throughput isn't it either on a like a, a minute by minute basis or like spread it out in his days and like am i so full that i can't go to the toilet and all that sort of stuff i'm sure this is well, exactly when people think like "Ooh, grow your online fitness business podcast <laughs> and we are we're 35 minutes in and everyone's got such a big online fitness business by now, haven't they? Yeah, because that's, well, <laughs> that's a question I'm going to have to bank for asking Justin Connor, who is a prepping business client. He's a guy who we've worked with to help him to package, believe it or not, his expertise in being a productive chef and uh, all of the all the meta skills that surround being a chef. And he trains high level people in kitchens so um he knows a thing or two about food and i i mean to be honest he'd probably just be like oh five hours it'd be a great day out as long as the food's nice yeah otherwise you're just drawing out the yeah suffering. the discomfort furious pete would know a thing or two about eating quicker oh, he would he's a man i would not want to go head to head in a eating <laughs> competition with oh yeah just has no sense of he, he's a guy who used to like I think he drank a litre of olive oil. He ate a, a tub of protein powder. Mm -hmm. 
dry. With minimal water just to like make it into a sludge. <laughs> he stopped doing it now. He was, I think he was unwell, wasn't he? He had cancer and I think is, is in full recovery. But up until that, um, I've never seen videos like his. Yeah, it was like incredible. He was because it. I suppose like he he caught a wave, didn't he? Where he realised like, there's clearly some demand for videos like this, and they got more and more and more extreme. The stuff that he was trying to consume. Um, but yeah, does he did he did? Because um, I was I always thought it was his content was incredible because he would do like an eating competition, but could also deadlift like six hundred pounds, <laughs> and was lean somehow. Uh, yeah, I forget how strong he was <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Well, that actually does lead us on very well to Louis's question, which I I realized that I promised that we would answer it the last three episodes. That wasn't a tactic to keep you guys on your toes listening to the podcast. We just never, we just never got around to it. But Louis has asked, how do you use social media tactics that successful PTs use while still being yourself? I think this is a good question because as we mentioned last week a lot of the social media trends unfortunately are the things which you kind of you kind of have to play the game and you have to do the same rehashed stuff in order to get virality and what we discussed last week was that actually is virality what you necessarily want or do you want conversion um so that's obviously the first question to look at and what is it that you want out of social media saying that i still think it's fine or it's possible to keep up with trends while still retaining your own self and and the the way around this is to widen your scope of thinking so for example we are on the ali abdal course at the moment about um building a youtube channel and I remember seeing people who had clearly gone through it because you'd look at their channels and suddenly all of their videos are like trying to be Ali Abdal. And they've tried to set up the same lighting and the same kind of fonts and icons and and all the videos are like, here's how I use Notion for maximum productivity and here's how I study um, as a medical student. or here's and, and it was like, well, that, that's not the point of the course. <laughs> it's not. Mm. It's not how to be him it's take the meta lessons and bring your own uh niche and your own lesson to it it was something that i saw um another uh, big youtuber andrew kirby you might have seen this it was sent us in an email today he was talking about how um people have turned like being consistent into this new have you seen it video yeah it's yeah. great turning consistency into this new like shiny shiny bullet but actually there are lots of people who are incredibly consistent and unsuccessful. And there's lots of people who've done like three videos and have gone viral and have gained a, a massive following. So like back to the point of um, what do you want out of social media? There are loads of people, loads of PTs on social media who are incredibly successful financially, who don't do probably the tactics that you're referring to when you ask that question. There are also lots of people who have huge followings who d don't have that many clients or don't have anywhere near as many clients as you're probably expecting. So it's it's one thing, well, and an extension from that, there'll be people who are doing all of the right things consistently who have neither. 
who are who are focusing on like I just need to turn up every day and do the you know hit a single hit a single and do the do this behavior consistently, um, and we'll get nowhere because they're they're doing it in a way that is um, like they're trying to copy somebody else, like they're trying to they're trying to copy trends for the sake of it, or they're trying to fit in rather than just promoting a business in a way that is comfortable for them, basically. Yeah, we, we've we've spoken to a lot of people who have got big Instagram followings and just can't convert off the back of it. Yeah. Um, because they are trend followers. They've got audiences that are interested in the short-term kind of dopamine type hits. And that's something to bear in mind is the vibe of the content that you're making will dictate the type of audience that are attracted to you. So you could make Minecraft Mr. Beast type videos you're going to get mostly kids. You're going to get mostly people that want the like fireworks and crazy stuff, but they're not going to hang around necessarily for the deeper lessons. And depends what your value offering is. You know, it's okay. I'm not making any value judgments. I think you can, if you can monetize it, it doesn't really matter what what you have as your core value, but it needs to be consistent. And it's very tempting to try and do the the viral stuff because you see it working well for people um you just can't you can never see the like the behind the scenes like you can't see the PL of people running these these promotions or who have these big accounts and equally um you know mr beast's a great example right so he's biggest as far as i know his biggest youtube channel or has the most subscribers um on a youtube channel he is monetizing the traffic itself Right, so he is monetizing the views. So if you were to like, right, I'm going to promote my business by building a YouTube channel. Who should I copy? I'll copy Mr. Beast. That means I've got to recreate Squid Game in my in my back garden and get loads of people to run through it because that got loads of views. Like he's he, that works for him because he just wants clickbait. Basically, he wants people to to click on a video and, and watch it, watch it because it's interesting. He's not then asking those people to do anything else because he's he's generating an income from the fact that he's getting a lot of views. And a lot of influencers will do this in a way on Instagram, for example, where they aren't monetizing the traffic directly, but they are selling another product. So like they have a huge following, they look a certain way, they live a certain way, and they'll say, oh, well, well I'm, or I use this supplement or I use this fitness product. And that's how they're monetizing it. They aren't then selling a coaching product off the back of that. When they try to, they often struggle and end up having to pivot strategies or pivot platforms final thing i've got to say on this is that if you have all those things in place you've got your deeper why you've got the core value offering which which i know you do louis i i, I this isn't this yeah, this, this isn't, isn't a, a louis, yeah. you're not doing it wrong louis you're doing it right <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're not just slating you this is more for for the general lesson that people can get then you can start to explore and play around with the trends if it's the platform that you want to grow on and you can still maintain the core message. And the way I would do that is look at whatever trend you think, this is what I want to hop on the bandwagon of and say, what is the minimum effective dose that I need just to for the algorithm to catch attention of that? And then how can I maintain as much as possible of my personal brand? Because if you deviate too much from your brand and your vibe, then those new followers who come in are going to be like, whoa, they'll see your other content. They're like, this doesn't, this isn't what I signed up for. And they yeah. won't engage. And that's what happened to me with, with Twitter. You know, <laughs> I, I wrote a throwaway thread about quitting the NHS that I just, I wrote on a plane just cause I was like, kind of wanted to get it off my chest. It was very much a personal therapeutic thread that I wrote. 
and it gained 5,000 followers or 6,000. But it's, it wasn't helpful for the business because they, I accidentally did a bait and switch. You know, they probably thought it was a medical Twitter account, but it's not. It's about growing your online fitness business. Yeah. Well, it's their fault. I should have paid more attention. Should have read my bio. Yeah. So hopefully that helps. As always, send us a voice message. Please. For God's sake. <laughs> Please. Please. Um, and if not, you, you can you can send us questions by DM or whatever, but we might not see it. So the most guaranteed way to get your question answered. Well, no, the, the truth is if you send it by DM, Yusuf will try and delete it. Unless you send a voice it. note. Yeah, because they didn't send a voice note. Yusuf will never oh. speak to you again. He will try and delete the DMs and he will only respond to voice notes. Luckily, I'll, I usually catch them before he deletes them. So it's not that bad. Exactly. There we are. So finally, the thing that you have the all been waiting debate. for. The great debate. The premise is, should you use your calendar as a to-do list? So let's define the problem. <laughs> you have two ways, there's probably many more ways, but ways that you can determine what you need to do in a day. So the typical writing a list of items that you need to do and you tick them off one by one. There's no timestamp attached to them. Or you might have due dates for them, but they're not in your calendar. And you keep your calendar separate only for bookings and events that take a specific duration of time and social events and that kind of thing. Is that is that fair to say? I've got to make sure I state my opponent's argument correctly. <laughs> so you're trying to summarize like how I view a calendar? I'm trying to blue team it, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so you're in blue today. I mean I'm in blue. Um the I think you start from the, the point of things in the digital landscape, things have a, things of a certain type have a place, right? So in your, in your digital information management system, lots of stuff gets thrown at you and you think, right, well, I've got to put this, I've got to deal with this some way, somehow. So I need to put it somewhere. So it makes sense for items with certain behaviors or, or what, what word am I looking for? Attributes go certain places so if something's going to happen at a certain time that goes in your calendar so mm. meet somebody for example go on go to a certain location being somewhere for a certain period of time or a call or a meeting that would go on a calendar things that like you can do at any time would go in a to-do list things with a reminder that you need to remember on a certain date could go in a calendar or they, they'd probably go in a in a to-do list system um, and reference material would go somewhere else. Notes would go somewhere else. Photos, files, passwords, all these sorts of things. You have like apps, software, tools to handle things that you would that you would use in a on a daily basis. My, I think Yusuf's view is that you can. So there's two, there's two sides to this. One of them is like you keep your to do items on a calendar, which I don't think is what you mean. Let's just clarify that. You don't just keep all of the things that you would ever have to do on your calendar. Oh, yeah. So not all of them, no. <laughs> I, I mean, in fairness, I'm, I'm not a calendar purist. There are some people who are total calendar purists. I think the guy from Mind Valley is. Um, Everything's on his calendar. Yeah, literally. But 
I'm a, I'm kind of a hybrid okay calendar to do athletes but i'm going to take the position of calendar for the sake of this okay of this so, so but you you use tick tick right as well yeah so what would go in tick tick so in- anything that is a task or an event or an event <laughs> yeah so if you and i were let's say tomorrow i was like let's go let's go for lunch tomorrow let's go for a five hour oh, yeah, five course would, tasting menu would that go into so tick? I, I would press command shift o and then i would say um command six social which okay. puts it into the social list and i would say of, lunch of what, with johnny of what the social list of what in tick tick okay so you're putting you're putting an appointment tomorrow into tick tick yeah, and then that would appear on my calendar as like a one-hour appointment lunch with Johnny. And then when that lunch is finished, I would tick it off. You would tick it off. Yeah. You I mean, it's a way the nausea. It's a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way of doing it. So okay, so how about this then? Let, what about um, what about you need to file uh, like fill out a form by a certain date where would that go I think TikTok's actually just introduced due dates as well as um, dates dates I don't know what you call it like action dates and due dates so like when you would work on something or when it's due yeah um, but I, I tend to only use one date system so I would just put it as to when I'm going to fill out the form rather than the deadline so I think this I think we've got there. I okay. Think this is the this is the fundamental difference in the two ways. So what, the way that I view it is there's like a hard landscape. And a lot of this, by the way, is learned from David Allen and various other people. Like I haven't come up with this. So like there's a hard landscape. So there's things that are definitely going to happen in a day or in a week or in a month. That like whether it's unless I like bail on stuff or don't sort of like maintain my basic responsibilities like i'll be on those calls i'll be on i'll be other on those occasions i'll be at those events and then there's time in between there's white space in the calendar that could be filled by appointments and bookings and meetings and things like that or i would go into my task management system and think okay i'm going to work on something today what am uh, I okay work on? so actually this is probably where we're most similar because I think you have calendar appointments for things like breakfast and sleep and lunch. Uh, I do, but only but only so that nobody can book up a call with me through our at that time. system at right. that time. Yeah. <laughs> Not because okay. I need to like, I don't check my calendar to see like, when am I having lunch today? Okay. Because I know that there's people like Sam Evans who will calendar out everything but that's because he, that's also because he wants to live such a routinized life that he always has breakfast at eight and always has and you know, trains at nine and, and so on for his team to see what he's doing yeah so then the crux of it as you say is that you've got gaps in between the essential human stuff which you can't really you can't get rid of so you have to just chedi links it's going to happen anyway mm. so eating pooing sleeping training all that stuff's just essential mm. um Lots of time pooing for me. So then, then you have gaps in between the essentials. You would see that as open space. A hybrid person would maybe have it as the themed day. So it might be content or clients or admin. And actually, that's not a task. That is a, that's a category of event. And then what, what 
you would do hypothetically is in that block of theme, you would then look at your list of tasks and you would drag things into that block. So TickTick allows you to see your calendar and your list side by side, and then you can drag particular items over and assign them a time box. Um, a pure calendar person probably wouldn't do that part. They would just have the, the, the they would they would allocate they wouldn't have categories they would just purely allocate the task to the time so i have some questions so okay i think it's best to think to 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 discuss this in terms of like example situations so let's take tomorrow for an example so is your is your tomorrow calendared out presently yeah let's have a look how detailed is it calendared out so 9 a.m I've got blood test. Okay. So I'm I'm going to have to ask a doctor friend of mine to do a, a blood test on me. Um, and that's for an upcoming video on red light therapy. So it's going to be good. Teaser. And then we've... Hashtag teaser. Yeah. Then we've got nothing until 11 a.m. I think, yeah. Uh, do you know why? I meant to have a recurring thing for editing, but... I've not ticked it off. Then I've got podiatry at 11 because I've, okay. got, I've got a Ming in tow that I need to get sorted. Right. Um, and then I've got Instagram scheduling, Twitter thread writing, meeting, and then uh, a webinar that I need to go to at four. And then training. So if that was my calendar, I think I would have the blood test assuming that's been arranged unless it's a reminder to do the blood test in which case i would do it it would be in my task management system the webinar would be in my task management system and the the podiatry would be everything else would be a an action in my to-do list that's i've I've designated i'm going to work on today probably um but but it wouldn't have a it would only have that date as probably suggestion or I would mm. leave that in an anytime view and I would come to today and say, right, I've done all the things that I like have to do today's the recurring tasks. I've got an hour free. What am I going to do? Go to any time, pick on my, and, and some of this is from like priorities for the year, priorities for the quarter, priorities for the month. What are the most important things I should be doing? I'll pick something from that and do that today. Yeah. So you've kept it very fluid then, because then you've got because you're still doing things in the day. It's not like mm-hmm. you you sit on standby mode between events. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But it's it's you're having to make all these micro decisions to look at your goals and your your vision and your and and move the task into. Whereas a task still takes a certain amount of time to do. Mm-hmm. So I so because I don't want to have to try and make this conceptual distinction between what's an event and what's a task, because to me, they're the same. Yeah. So I just, so any task is an event and any event is a task, which probably sucks the fun out of life because, you know, go on holiday. Oh, that's a task in the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think it's ultimately managing, it's managing lists, isn't it? Of information. Like there's lists of like, things to do. Fundamentally, we've got a big list of things that we need to do. What do you do with that list? Yeah. An amount of time that you can do it in. So what, what do you do at the end of today? And th- this is, I think, really where I think your approach, in my mind, breaks down. 
and I have a case study example of this breaking down in real time that I witnessed. I just watched it happen. Um, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. going to say, don't you? <laughs> you get to the end of today and you, well, let's say you get to tomorrow, right? And you didn't do your Twitter scheduling and you didn't do the Instagram. What do you do with those events? Command to shift it onto tomorrow, but then that, often will overlap on whatever I've got planned for that day. Yeah. So you either have to not plan too far in advance or have some wiggle room in your day. So that, so not planning too far in advance, doing it on the day is basically what I do. It just doesn't go in the calendar. It stays in lists, projects and lists so that I always know like what the next thing is. And I'm not, I don't do like quarterly planning daily. I'll do quarterly planning once, monthly planning once, weekly review and in the weekly review, I'll go like, all right, for this quarter, this is these are the things that I've propped that these are the projects that I was going to try and do this quarter. Are these up to date? What's the next things I should do? All right, I'll probably try and do those this week, but they'll say where they are. So on Wednesday, oh, I haven't got any calls today. Great, I'll do da-da-da. And I don't even, it doesn't go on the calendar. It stays on my today view on things are on me focused depending on which one I'm I'm using at the time. Um but it, it, I don't. But if I get to the end of the day and I haven't done them, I would either just delete the, I would just move them back into any time and do them the next time I, I can, or I would leave them on today and they would they would come on to tomorrow. But I wouldn't then schedule more things for tomorrow. Mm. But I, I suppose in your view, if you would, or the purist, the, the the person who would schedule everything on their calendar, as soon as you fall behind the 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 timeline, yeah. you're fucked, aren't you? The, the, very much the, this is the thing where it's like if you assume that the future version of you will have an em- like there'll be no interruptions you won't get derailed by anything you won't at like 6 p.m you won't get a call that um from your bank trying to scam you that takes an hour and then you and then that pushes forward everything else mm. and that's why you know i get so annoyed when my my routine's been knocked and it's it's just because i've already that time has been accounted for and now it's been shoved out of the way. Um, so yes, in an ideal world, if you had zero distractions and you had themed days, you could turn up and you could say, right, this white spot here, I'm going to look at my list of things that match that theme. So you could do that with lists on TickTick or things, for example. Um, so admin, you can have an admin list and then an admin block. And you look at your admin stuff and you you rank, you have it ranked ordered by priority and then you just work through that so the block is really just start working through the list with this title or even I mean, it doesn't even have to be blocks i think like so some of it is i think some of it is you find what works for you definitely i think it's the my only my problems with the calendar view is i think there are like practical problems that you can create for yourself that wouldn't have existed with it with a different system because as you say, like ultimately, you and I spend our days doing tasks. <laughs> so, and like, there's, or, or events, two, depending on how you or, or events, yeah. <laughs> I think um, you, there's two lenses to view it through. Three lenses to view it through, view it through. One of them is like, how do you do the most tasks in a day? How do you ensure you're spending the time doing the most important tasks? And then, how much stress do you experience from like running? maintaining and managing the system that you use to maintain the list of things that you do 
well, how many decisions are involved in that as well? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I, I think what you've highlighted to me there is that I don't think it's a criticism of using your calendar necessarily. I think it's a criticism of my bad habit of overscheduling and try to think it's, it's not it's not a criticism at all because you should find what works for you punctuated by the <laughs> so texter agrees um becca's just yeah, burst into the room mid mid podcast and now dex is gone <laughs> he, he was furious about that that prospect of the, the calendar um yeah, if if you and it is one of the big downsides of using your calendar because you've got this big set of white space, and so you think, oh well, I'll just put all the stuff in there because that's white space. It isn't, and you end up leaving no gaps for any anything taking slightly longer than expected, or an interruption or a, a new thing that comes on your plate that has to then take precedence. Suddenly, then you've got to move all the other stuff out the way and bump it down the road there are software solutions that attempt to solve this so motion calendar tries to do this and it uses a bit cliche but they use, they use ai to figure out like what are the best times to do certain things and if you put something new in it like shuffles everything else further down um it's not it's not something that's usable yet like i've tried it and i wasn't a big fan i think maybe in a couple of years it'll be something that might be quite good do you not think though that at some point like so if i if i gave if i took your calendar away from you and just each morning gave you like you've got to do these four things today would you find that you would you find that more stressful <sighs> so you what you you would provide me with four things yeah, so let's so let's say like your calendar still exists, but it's wiped. Apart from like you've got your podiatry appointment, you got to go to that, mm. and then the rest of the time is like you've just got to do these four things today. Would you find that because it's functionally it's the same, right? It's just in in one of those situations you've got it designated of like when you're going to do each thing and how long it's going to take. And yeah, then the other so you've just got the things to do. I think what I find appealing about it is that when it's in the calendar. I don't have to make the decision of when I start and stop because I can be like, ah, oh, okay, it's 12 o'clock, so it's time to do this, um, which is quite nice because then you feel like you're just being conveyor-belted through life. Some people might hear that and think that sounds really depressing that you're just kind of being steamrolled along. Um, so I think on the flip side, what I find what I find stressful about your, or what, what puts me off, because I have tried it, that scheduling out things on a, like it, putting my two lists on a on a like time block day is you've got to then think well all right i'm gonna write three marketing emails how long is that gonna take and then like oh fuck like what if i get interrupted i should add a 10 pancakes isn't it yeah i should add like a buffer window in and like what if i'm wrong like i think it's gonna take an hour and a half what it take what if it takes two hours then i'll have to move that thing and move that thing and then do i stop work later or do i move this final thing or whereas if i just have the four things on a list like i'll either do the four things or i won't like the process of me doing it will, I don't think having, for me anyway, having another calendar is not going to make me like work faster or more efficiently, or it's just adding this like storyline to my day that makes me feel like I'm behind all the time. Yeah. And that that is a big one. And I think we both fall in for the idea that we can, that 
that we can do more in a day than we actually can. Definitely. I, I mean, this is really the wrong time to say this because we're right at the end of the podcast now. But <laughs> if you've made it this far, the stuff where this thing that we're debating here is the absolute, it's like, do you use Zangong plates or Elico plates? Like, <laughs> and the programming's the same and the, the you're still lifting four times a week and all this other stuff. Like, this is not the, this is not going to make or break your productivity system. Um, the, the, the essentials will always be that. Um, we're just assuming here that you've got those in place and now it's just like, okay, cherry on top, which app do you use or how do you visualize those tasks yeah. that you're doing? on a screen yeah. and there's there's like there's drawbacks to both of them right like i i'm you know perhaps if i could get over the like the stress that it adds if i minute by minute schedule my day i'd maybe make more use of the time like maybe being held a little bit accountable by a calendar and by a, a schedule in the day would help me um but I, I think the key thing is try it and see what see how you feel like i, I prefer the structure as in there's parts of my day that are structured so that there are things that happen at certain times and I'm like, okay, I've got 90 minutes free there. How do I feel? What do I want to do? What are like the priorities? And then like, what do I feel like I could have a really good crack at now versus, well, I scheduled this really complex task and I'm shattered, but I'd better yeah. do it anyway. Um, the, the example I was going to mention, which is, I think was a previous version of Yusuf. I don't think it's the current iteration. It's not the V10 that you're witnessing here. Maybe like V2, V3. Um, oh, that far back. What What is the guy called? He runs a, he has a program called Kabuki Movement Systems. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Duffin. Chris Duffin. So Chris Duffin has a program called Kabuki Movement Systems. And for ages, Yusuf wanted to buy... Kabuki movement systems. And so what Yusuf, what Yusuf did was um, he would, yeah, so, so Tim Garrett said to you, you should buy Kabuki movement systems, I assume, right? So yep. incoming information, task, something I might want to do once, something I might want to do someday. I know where I'll put it. I'll put it on my calendar. <laughs> 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 so you made an appointment for like one evening. And for literally what felt like years, once a month. I think it was. <laughs> Two years, probably. Once a month, because we have a shared calendar, I would get a notification saying, Yusuf rescheduled bike movement systems for some other arbitrary date in the future when Yusuf had loads of time and loads of energy and loads of spare, you know, spare attention to, to go through the program. And one day... I just, I snapped and I went, man, for God's sake, just buy, like the time that you're going through and rescheduling this event, just go and buy Kabuki Movement Systems. And the heartbreaking thing of it all is, <laughs> when he eventually went to buy Kabuki Movement Systems, it had been discontinued. And if, <laughs> if that's not, I mean, I suppose like that would have happened in my system as well. It was just that I, but I was seeing it happen in real time play but you, you're right like i had to keep making the decision to defer it mm. whereas really what i should have done and this is why this is why i'm not a calendar purist anymore because back then i was and that was a it was a real I show of, seeing it it yeah, was horrendous you, you witnessed the, the crumbling breakdown of field yeah that um now what i would do for something like that is i have a shopping list which i don't assign a date to nice so that 
so unassigned dates are someday maybe tasks, then what you would do every so often in your review is you see your lists side by side with your calendar. You then scroll through and you go, okay, now let's allocate this a time block. And that has to be a meaningful time block. (laughs) (laughs) So so my someday maybe filter is if I don't think I'm going to do I'll have a list of projects and list of stuff that I'm, I could do. And if I don't think like I'm probably going to do this in the next month, it goes on someday maybe. So I am always looking at this like semi-current lens, which I suppose is similar to like, you're looking at like what am I scheduling for the next month or the next couple of weeks. You're just going a step beyond. Like You're making the decision that I make on a daily basis in advance. I think we both probably make the same number of decisions. When, when you account for it all because of the relative failures of each system mm-hmm. makes you make yep. the decisions to compensate. And so it, at the, the end of the day, up. if you haven't done something, you've got to make a decision. I don't. But I have to make that decision on the day of yep, what I, I see. To do. So actually, the, the answer to this question, I don't know if you would agree with, if you would shake hands with me on this, that um, it's which problem would you like to have? Yeah. Which, which I think ties back to try both. Try both and see what you hate about both or see what you love about both. And yeah. See which problem you'd... It's the Mark Manson thing of like, choose the fucks you want to give. Like, because you've got to give some. So like, pick the pick the issues that you'd rather have. Um, and, and also I think, um, see which, which one allows you to get more done. Because it... It's a, it's a constant battle, isn't it? Of like, I got I can't remember where I saw this the other day. It, like, if it, it, it's the gun to your head question again, if someone held a gun to your head, could you work harder than you do now? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I, I'm just thinking a, a common thing that, and it's it's recommended by a lot of personal trainers now is if you're struggling to motivate yourself to go to the gym, make it a non-negotiable appointment with yourself. Put, you in that. put it in your in your calendar as, a, yeah, as an event as an event so at what point does it go from being a task in the someday maybe to an event and why does that make it more likely that you'll do it in my case do you mean yeah like why when when you hear that piece of advice do you think okay i can see why that would work or do you think that's bullshit uh so putting it on a calendar would mean that like it's happening at a certain time rather than like it's on a some so if you like the way that I would view my calendar is like what's going to happen so it's sacred so okay so you're saying that when I start moving things around I am desecrating my calendar because I'm no longer treating it as this is stuff that will definitely happen it's just that it might not definitely happen. And I think the fact that things get moved means that it doesn't definitely happen. So like if if I was like, if I'm like catching up with a friend this evening um, and it got to like 8 p.m. and I hadn't gone, I wouldn't just like move it to tomorrow night. Where like I'm going or like it gets mm. cancelled, in which case it, it might get rescheduled. But it, if so, if I put in tonight, gym, it's it's a it's an attempt at like formalizing that and treating it in the same way as something you, like you're, you're not definitely going to visit gym. 
Yeah, day. exactly. Like like with your podiatry appointment tomorrow. Like mm. it's what, that's something. Okay, what what if Jim doesn't want to see you? <laughs> well, so I think this is the issue that people have, isn't it? It's just that it's that Jim wants to see them, but they don't want to see Jim. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's the crux of the problem, isn't it? But wow. so yeah, I think the because <laughs> the other thing that I think is a shame. So this is so <laughs> <laughs> me, Chris, and Yusuf were walking. We were going to see a comedy show, and we're walking into the comedy. <laughs> We're walking into the comedy show and um <laughs> I've got no idea where this is going. This isn't even that funny. It was just it was Chris's it was the way Chris said it to me. So we were walking downstairs and Chris said something like, In two weeks' time, Yusuf won't even remember this has happened because he'll look back at his calendar and it'll say he did nothing that day. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. The, the thing I think is the shame. It's a, I think that was tie, it was after the person was like, "Who's the booking name under?" And you didn't know which name you'd given them, which is right. a whole other web of questions. Yeah. Um. But the it's a shame. I think so. Like at, back to the start of the conversation, you said, "What have you been up to?" My instinctive reaction was to look at my calendar of like, I see. What, what are the events in my calendar?" So wow. it's like a. Great callback to the the start it, of the podcast just, here. It's like a like a comedy sketch. Right back to the beginning. But, that, but you're doing that. You're abusing calendars just as much as you see me abusing a calendar as a to do list. Like it's not calendar isn't what? a diary. It's not a. No, um, it's just a record of events. But but Past, if you present, want future, if you want a sentimental record of events, like take some photos at the at the comedy. I, I don't want a sentimental record. I just I want a record. But when you're saying like it's sad that Chris that Chris said I, I wouldn't even remember that we went on the comedy like it, it's sad if you're looking back and you go oh yeah look at my calendar remember when we did that <laughs> as opposed to like oh there's a nice photo of us all together like that, that's much more hard you can frame that you can't frame an event on your calendar and put it on the you can but it would look, be a bit weird not if it's not if it's like have a poo go for a walk then it would be weird <laughs> I suppose um, you, you do get people who so Paul Black is a Glaswegian comedian who I am loving on Instagram at the moment and he's got a sketch called people whose entire personality is going to gigs right and and it's like you know saying oh I saw this person and oh I met the boys backstage and 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 uh you do see people who save tickets for gigs and you know plaster them all over their wall it was very like teenage thing that mm. our generation did I, I feel yeah and now tickets are just on your phone aren't they Oh Did yeah, you? they're just a, a QR code with with a COVID lateral flow. But yeah, you know, you could put that, you could attach that file to your calendar event, <laughs> and then you can go, "Oh, remember that? Oh, I remember that?" <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't, I think the, the the critical thing is like, can you do you enjoy the system and can you maintain it and does it work? Yeah, so try it out and obviously have a look at the productivity playlist on our channel. We've got loads of stuff from both perspectives on there and there are some people just to one more thing just one more thing <laughs> there are some people who so there's a mutual friend that we both have that um obviously we both have them otherwise it wouldn't be a mutual friend we have a mutual friend who 
whenever we try and arrange something with this person. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really difficult to, to do that with him. Um, and I think it's because he just doesn't have a calendar at all. And I think... I feel like he's got neither. He's got neither a, a mm. calendar or a list. He just has a thing that he's working on and just goes all in on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, and which, which again, like it, it solves a lot of problems. It's, it's very admirable. Yeah, it's very yeah. essentialism. Um, but I think like we're both making the assumption here that people have a calendar. And I think probably most most people do. Um, but I, it might be like just a work calendar, for example. Um, or like oh, someone don't, might just have Don't like, be half in. If you're going to use a calendar, like use it properly. So I think the, one of the critical functions of a calendar is if I say to you, next Monday, I want to do blah, blah, blah at 10.30 a.m. You can say... Well, I can't. I've got the, the hot seat Q&A, which we run live three times a week for all propane business clients so they can... Four times through. now. Oh, well, yeah, four now. Yeah. Um, where we, we chat on the call, we go through uh, feedback for your, your copy, advice for your software, your content, it's how like to optimize your challenge conversion. Better. It's ten amazing. Better. But so you, that's interesting. I've just, I've just thought of an argument. So you, you have events for a month's time but near yeah. the time you have tasks yes so, so I, think I you, suppose it uh, you, yeah you, <laughs> <laughs> so like so in the future if you if you were to look in may may's calendar you would see what my calendar looks like probably Yes, and then as it gets closer to the time, it starts to you block stuff become out. more solidified. So I still do that process. I just do it on a way shorter time horizon and in a more fluid way. We've cracked it. Oh my God. That's okay. the difference. We've seen through the matrix now. So so actually, it's the same process, but on different As long as, as, I think what you used to do when someone said, buy Kabuki movement systems, you would have put that on your calendar. And that I fundamentally disagree with that. T to right. be honest, me too. Right. I've, I've seen it fail. <laughs> <laughs> but so I think like that's really the main use of a calendar is that, isn't it? Like, when are you free? And this person that we bo will both try and arrange, like going for dinner with him, and he will, we will, he'll say, oh, I'm free Wednesday, next Wednesday evening. And it'll get to next Tuesday and he'll go, oh, I'm in London. <laughs> and both of us are like, how long have you known you in London? Oh, I was like, oh, it's this thing. And and I cannot imagine living my life like that. Like the amount of, of mental RAM that is being taken up, just like holding these commitments and not like trying not to overlay them. So if you take anything from this podcast, it's use a bloody calendar to arrange <laughs> future commitments. <laughs> Whether it's like all of today or an all of tomorrow or like just, just over the next month or over the next year the events you're going to so that you can answer the question, are you free next Wednesday night? It'll help a ton if you're not doing it already. It will, absolutely. That settles the great debate. If you have anything else that you would like us to debate to this level of depth. <laughs> then send us a voice message. Please. And if anyone has Kabuki movement systems, please will you send it to me? <laughs> Thank you. Just put it in your calendar. Add infinitum. 
Bye-bye. Bye. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.